gonna start now here this evening. Want to tell you guys a little bit about Megan. That's why she's up here. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I just uh, wanted to brag on my awesome wife a little bit. <laughs> um, she's amazing. Um, she's the strongest woman I've ever met. You are incredible, babe. You're so awesome. I've I've told many people this. If I was a woman. I just, like, wouldn't have kids, like, ever. And I just, like, <laughs> totally not have kids. Uh, because just, like, seeing her, like, birth our children, I'm like, you are stronger than me in every way. Like, you are, <laughs> I'm sorry I ever doubted anything. You are amazing. Um, so uh, you're incredible, and I love you. Um, she loves me really well when I, like, am a jerk sometimes and a full human being. And, you know, in all my humanity, I'm not very nice sometimes. Um, and she loves me really well. You give me a lot of grace, so thank you. Um, one of my favorite stories about my wife, uh, when she was in uh, high school, uh, when she was a freshman, she was in uh, gym class. This is like the quintessential Megan story, um, and, it, and it tells you all about her. And so um, she was a freshman. There was this senior. They were playing some version of kickball um, in the gym. Gym ball is what they called it, um, sort of a mixture between kickball and dodgeball. And uh, so they, she was up to bat, and she just planned on bunting it um, just to, you know, kind of play things safe. And everyone sort of urged her on, like, kick it hard, kick it hard, kick it hard. And uh, the senior happened to be, whoa, the senior happened to be um, pitching the ball, pitching the kickball. I should put my shoe back on here. Hold on a second. Uh, the senior happened to be pitching the kickball, and uh, he was kind of a cocky guy. Um, and uh, she meant to bunt it and then sort of changed her mind at the last minute to kick it very hard. Ends up kicking the ball, hits the guy right in the crotch, and he doubles over. And she, so in this version, in order to get a home run in gym ball, you had to go around the bases and then all the way back around the bases. And she did it. She got a home run because everyone was laughing so hard. <laughs> She's amazing. My, my wife is a feisty, awesome, strong woman. She's a powerful woman of God, and I love her. So thanks for letting me brag on you up front. Appreciate that. <laughs> thanks, babe. Um, I, I start the evening out that, that way is because I want to make a point that um, there's, a, there's a deep connection between enjoying God and also praising him, or really enjoying anything and also praising it. Um, there's a, there's a, those, those two things are immensely connected. And uh, I'm actually going to read a quote. Um, C.S. Lewis said it a lot better than I did. Um, and, he's, and he was a little bit confused about the fact that God demanded praise. Um, praise is what I'm going to be talking about tonight. And C.S. Lewis was a little bit confused. And uh, he said he didn't, he knew that God didn't need our praise, but he didn't understand why he asked for it. Because God doesn't really need our praise, but why does he ask for it? If he doesn't need it, why would he ask for it? And C.S. Lewis said this, he said, The most obvious fact about praise, whether about God or anything else, had strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of a compliment, approval, or the notice that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praise their mistresses, mistresses, the ones they love. Readers praising their favorite poet. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising their favorite game. I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that this is magnificent? 
The psalmists, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the, enjo the enjoyment. It's not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. Their delight is incomplete until it is expressed. To fully enjoy is to communicate our love. In commanding us to communicate our love for him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. In commanding us to praise him, God is inviting us to enjoy him, inviting us into, into deeper intimacy and connection with him. And as I began to pray about what the Lord wanted to say this evening, the first thing that just popped in my mind was the Lord uh, giving me this picture of um, our whole body stepping into new ways to praise the Lord as new, avenue, as new avenues to communicate with him and in new ways to, to be more deeply connected and more deeply intimate with him. Does that make sense? Do you guys follow that? So uh, this evening, also, Dawn actually shared a word um, before the service about, about the Lord shaking up ligaments and, and really loosening them. Have you guys ever had a, sort of a tight ligament or a tight muscle? And it really limits movement. It limits movement, and it kind of gets in the way of everything. Um, if there's a ligament that isn't quite functioning the way that it needs to be functioned, you need to oil up that ligament. You need to take fish oil or omega-3s or whatever that looks like in order to get that ligament to function the way it's supposed to function. And... Uh, I believe that the Lord is going to actually do that this evening as well, that, that he's inviting our, inviting our body into experience the Lord and praise him in a new way um, so that we can actually begin to enjoy him more and, and go deeper into our connection and our intimacy with him. Now, with that being said, it should not be confused that praise is all about us or all about us feeling good or, or it's all about us just trying to, like, you know, like get something good. Although joy is a byproduct of worship, joy is often not joy you know joy is a byproduct of worship it's a byproduct of praise it's not the main goal though there are moments that we will praise and and um if depending you might not feel immense amount of things um chances are if you're in the throne room long enough then god will change your heart and your mind and you will experience him um but sometimes when you first step into the throne room you don't feel a whole lot and that's okay that's normal so with that being said, I want to talk about just a few ways of why we should praise, and then I'm going to talk about how we can praise, and uh, we're going to kind of go crazy a little bit, get a little excited. Um, so put on your seatbelts. Here we go. Um, so the first thing I just wanted to know of why we praise is actually the first thing we just know is it's a command. God tells us to praise. He tells us to praise, so we should praise. Uh, we get to praise because he tells us to praise. It's a command. Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So enter his gates with thanksgiving, thanking him for the things he's done, and his courts with praise, acknowledging who God is. So thanksgiving, thanking him for what he's done, praise, acknowledging him for who he is. So the first reason we should praise is because God commands us to praise. And actually, when you look at Romans chapter 1, unthankfulness and not acknowledging who God is, is actually, is actually pagan behavior. So in Romans chapter 1, when, when the Lord begins to, uh, or Paul begins to um, describe the guilt of mankind, Romans 1.21 says, um, For although they knew God, meaning just mankind in general, he's starting Romans out with this, 
declaration of mankind's guilt and sin and its need for redemption. He says, for all know, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So although they knew God, they never glorified him, they never praised him, and they never gave thanks to him. And then Paul goes on to list all these other like atrocious things that mankind has participated in. So like he begins to talk about idolatry. He begins to talk about like um, sexual sin. He begins to talk about all these other like gossips and haters and uh, faithless people and ruthless people and heartless people. He be all of that is also this pagan behavior that Paul is beginning to describe in Romans chapter one. So there's this like sometimes we get really caught up on like certain sins that these ones are more shameful or worse than others but the like to not thank or to not praise god is just all in there you know <laughs> it's all it's all in there so there is a need and a in a command from the lord to praise it's it should be noted that the beginning of romans um at the beginning of romans uh before mankind sort of falls into all this stuff the first thing they don't do is they don't praise God. They don't acknowledge who he is. There's a cause and effect here. And so praise acts as this like protective sort of hedge to keep us from falling away from the Lord, to keep us from falling away from the Lord because it always sets our eyes up above on who God is and not on our current circumstances or situation. The second reason we should, um, the second reason that we should uh, praise the Lord, is that um, it is a powerful act of spiritual warfare. So Psalm 149.6, this is one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 149.6 says, may the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. So the praise of God is actually a double-edged sword in your hands. It is, a, it is a spiritual warfare weapon that when prayer doesn't work, I love Melissa Winters told me this, when prayer doesn't work, the back door is praise, the back door is worship. Um, or some people, Wesley Duell said that the uh, praise and prayer were like the two wings of a bird, um, that you can't have one without the other. Prayer and praise go hand in hand. Uh, one of the most powerful sozos we had, uh, uh, so we share the building with Exit 59, of course, and a variety of other ministries if they, if they happen to be in here. One of the most powerful sozos we had was in an evening, it was a Wednesday evening, and uh, I got here, and I was a little bit surprised because I thought we were gonna be the only people in the building, but there was, some, there was a ministry, a campus ministry from Iowa who was sharing the building with us. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, I didn't know you were in here. And, and they're like, oh, no, not a problem. Like, we're going to be in that back room anyways praying with people, and you guys will be out here praising. Like, cool, do your thing. You know, we'll do our thing. That's awesome. Um, and one of the most powerful sozos I had was this evening when the entire time as we were praying with someone, doing this sozo with them, we heard the background noise of this praise and worship music going on for two hours. And uh, it was incredible. I was like, we need to get this happening all the time. We need to have praise happening all the time as we're praying with people because the breakthrough that this particular uh, man experienced was incredible. Um, it, was, it was incredible. Uh, one, of the, one of the most important things that we do uh, before we um, pray with people is uh, we just acknowledge who God is. Um, we step into, um, well, um, before we even hear about anyone as we're doing a sozo with them or praying with them, before we do anything with them, um, we'll uh, let them have some time to soak with the Lord, and we'll come out and we'll pray for them. But most of our prayer is just acknowledging, God, you're awesome. God, you're good. You're healer. God, this is who you are, and we want you to be you to this person tonight. Um, praise is a powerful spiritual warfare weapon. So if you guys will turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 106. 
we're gonna go we're gonna go there now. So the third thing that praise does of why we should praise and its purpose and why it's important um, before we move on to how to praise um, is uh, that praise clarifies our vision. Um, it clarifies our vision. Um, when things get cloudy and confusing, praise clarifies our vision. Uh, one of the uh, most unique stories I've heard at, you know, we're talking about the Psalms and uh, Nicholas talked about uh, we got this you know, image of a sheep as we started. We have the image up here, um, this, this series on Psalms. And the Lord calls us his uh, sheep. You know, he says the Lord is our shepherd, so we must be sheep then. You can't have a shepherd without sheep. Um, and I heard this story of sheep as I go into this point. You guys will see how this connects. Um, I, I heard this story about sheep of there were these 1,500 sheep on a Turkish countryside hill. And 400 of them, I, they don't know how this happened. I thought it was a fake story, but it's not. It's a real story. It's on BBC. Um, and 400 of them jumped off a cliff and committed suicide. But that's because sheep are, sheep are so stupid that they'll just follow other sheep. Like one sheep, uh, if it kind of goes one direction, the other sheep will just sort of follow them. That's why a shepherd is so so important you know so this one sheep must have gone off this cliff on accident and then the other sheep followed another sheep followed the crazy thing is that the first 400 sheep only 400 of the 1500 died they all cushioned the fall of the 1100 sheep that came after them the 1100 didn't die and so this is like true story so thankfully it didn't like ruin everyone's day you know but I, they reckoned that the sheep were they were worth about 42,000 euros you know this is like this is a lot of sheep here um, but that's the thing about sheep is that uh, there's another um, there's another story and this is I've seen farmers talk about this where if you have sh all these sheep in a barn and uh, and they're trying to get out of the barn you open the door and there's a rope tied in front of the door the sheep will the first sheep will jump over the rope and all the other sheep will follow and keep on jumping but if in, if in midstream you were to cut that rope all the sheep just keep on jumping over this invisible rope <laughs> and that's the thing about sheep and, you know and a lot of times we're like sheep in that way you know, and that's why praise is so essential for, for um, clarifying our vision. Praise clarifies our vision. It's so essential because a lot of times we're like sheep. So sometimes our vision is cloudy because there's so much else going on in life that we need to praise the Lord, to lift our eyes, to raise our gaze to who he is instead of what we're currently experiencing. Because you can petition all day long for the Lord to do this and do that and do this and do that. And, and it's not that petition is not important. It's essential. Um, it is essential that we ask the Lord to move. And it is also essential that we step into authority and, and we use the authority that Jesus has given us in prayer. But, but above and beyond all that, we should praise. You know, when you think about um, Paul and Silas when they're in this jail, and then the, um, they begin to praise the Lord. It was praise that broke them out of that jail. You know, I'm sure they prayed at the beginning. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they were talking to the Lord. Lord, we want to be out of this jail. We really need to be out of this jail. Can we please get out of this jail? But at some point, you can only do that so much before you just become really, really depressed. And so they began to praise the Lord. It was praise that moved. It was praise that moved them. And I think that a huge portion of that was, was God clarifying their vision. And so turn with me to Psalm 106. So we're at Psalm 106, and I just this is really well demonstrated in the book of Psalms. 
Psalm 106 says, uh, it begins, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it begins, it says, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Blessed are they who maintain justice, who constantly do what is right. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving praise. We have sinned even as our fathers did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. When our fathers were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. It's important to note that they didn't remember verse 7. So this, is a, this psalm is actually a liturgy of the Israelite nation. And it's important to know that in verse 7, they didn't remember what God did. So, so God did all this incredible work. He rebuked the sea. He dried it up. But they didn't remember. Keep going with me. Verse 8. Yet he saved them for his name's sake. So even though they didn't remember, they're in Israel, or they're in Egypt, they didn't remember God. He saved them. He rebuked the Red Sea in verse 9 and dried it up, and he led them through the depths as through a desert. He saved them from the hand of the foe, from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed them. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived. Then they believed his promises and sang his praise. Hallelujah. Verse 13, here's the turn. But soon they forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. So the Lord moves the Red Sea, the giant Red Sea, and, and makes water go where it should not go. And God's people sing their praises. Yes, God, he moves the sea. And then they forget. And then they forget. And the rest of this psalm, oh, man, if we read this whole psalm, it'll get real low, guys. This is about to get real heavy. Um, you know, so it says they soon forgot in the desert they gave into their craving. In the wasteland they put God to the test. Um, and then if you move on to at uh, um, 16, verse 16, in the camp they grew envious of Moses and Aaron who was consecrated to the Lord. The earth opened up and it swallowed Dathan. It buried the company of Abraham. Fire blazed among the followers. A flame consumed the wicked. At Horeb, they made a calf, so then they even got into idolatry again, and they exchanged their glory for an image of a bull which eats grass. And this goes on and on and on and on and on about what happens when we forget the works of the Lord, when we forget and we forget who he is and what he's done, and we, we don't take a moment to praise him or thank him for who he is. But flip with me to Psalm 107 now. So go one psalm more over. It's interesting. Both of these psalms start out the same way. Praise the Lord, Psalm 106. Thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their, eye, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. But then the turn comes again. Some sat in darkness, the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains. But they rebelled against the words of the Lord. It goes on and on and on. But at the end of that, 
Verse 13, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble when he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness in the deepest gloom and broke away their, chan their chains. Verse 15, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds to men. It's important to note that, that both in both of these psalms, the people in these psalms are having struggles. They're having hard times. One, one psalm is a story of forgetting what the Lord has done. And one psalm is a story of the power of praise for his people and God moving in response to the praise of his people. God clarifying the vision of the praise of his people that even though things are tough or things might feel heavy or rough, praise lifts your gaze. So what, what is it that's struggling in your life right now? Maybe it's a marriage. Or maybe you're feeling really anxious or really depressed. Or maybe you're struggling with other relationship issues. Or maybe there is like all this financial worry that you have. Or what is it in your life that if you're like, man, if I could just, you know, we ask people when we pray for them, uh, when we do sozo, if you could lay something on the middle of the carpet and never pick it up again, what would that be? Because we want God to deal with that. If there is something that all of you could lay on this carpet right here that you're wrestling with, what would that be? And the Lord is inviting you tonight to praise him. He's inviting you tonight to step into praise, to acknowledge that, yes, that is hard and that is there, and I want you to move. But what's even more important is who you are. This, no matter what the facts are, it doesn't change who you are, God. So that is why praise is important. So moving on to how to praise. Um, these are, I'm going to list off these pretty quick. Um, so uh, in your personal prayer time, I'm just going to sort of throw some uh, potpourri at you guys to kind of get some things uh, sparked and started in your intimate time with the Lord. Um, and uh, just in any way, like any time you, you have relationship with anyone, things can get kind of dull and dry um, if you're in relationship with anyone. And, and a lot of times even with the Lord, like if you're getting dull and dry, you're bored with the Lord, then like chances are like you're believing a lie or there's religion or there's something going on the Lord wants to redeem. And so one of the greatest ways you can do that is actually shake off and shake up the, the usual routine of you connecting with him. Um, and so try some of these out. Um, you could read a hymn. Instead of singing a hymn, find one of those old hymns and ring, read them. Um, find praise scriptures and memorize them. Memorize praise scriptures. You can make a Thanksgiving miracle list. So on our, on our wall in our home, if you guys have been to our home, we actually have a chalkboard wall, and we write these amazing moves of God on them. We actually have like them categorized like salvation, healing, provision, you know, relational harmony and all these things. And, and uh, we write down when the Lord moves. And I've been recently going through a really depressed, like low time in the past month or so. And I keep looking at that wall in my house. I keep looking at that wall because I'm like, and no, if the Lord did that in the past, like praise you God. And I, I begin to praise him like, Lord, that's who you are. That's who you are. You are the God who works. You're the God who heals. You're the God who moves. Um, you are the God uh, who, who changes things. Um, and that is more important than the stuff that I'm dealing with right now. Um, you can surround yourself uh, with praise music as you go throughout your life. Um, interesting enough, the, the word hallelujah, the word we commonly use to praise the Lord, it means praise God or boast or brag on God. It means to praise the Lord. You could uh, use the alphabet. Um, you could say, Lord, uh, you go all the, all the way down the alphabet. Lord, you are awesome, A. Lord, you are uh, bountiful, B. Lord, you are, you are cunning and courageous, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Yes. Lord, you are, uh, you are, mm, what's D? 
Someone throw out a D for me. Daddy God, hallelujah. So sometimes what stops us from praising God is actually just a lack of vocabulary, you know? I, you know, sometimes I, get, I, try to, I try to think so hard with Megan, like, I call you beautiful like a million times. Like, how can I call you something else? Like, you know, like, and I just, I'm thinking through my mind, like, you know, because that just gets old, you know? And part of us praising the Lord, like I said, a huge part of us praising the Lord is enjoying the Lord. And part of that, part of enjoying that is, is, is communicating that to him. All right, so some ways that we can praise God. Um, we can praise him through public testimony. We do that pretty well here. Um, Psalm 35, 18 says, I will give thanks in the great assembly among the throngs of people. I will praise you. Audible praise. You guys can, we're pretty good at this too. We can praise him. You can, it's, uh, Psalm 34, 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. There's a, there's a really big difference between us thinking something about God and us moving our mouth to praise him for something. Psalm 9, or Psalm 9, 1 and 2 says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. You can sing to the Lord. We're pretty good at this one, too. We do this a lot. Psalm 98, 4 says, make a joyful noise. Psalm 147 says, praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise him. All right, so we're stepping, stepping into a little bit of new territory for our congregation here. We can shout praise to the Lord. We can shout him. Yeah, hallelujah, come on. So Psalm 42, 4 says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Psalm 35, 27 says, may those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say the Lord be exalted who delights in the well-being of his servant. So all of you go ahead and uh, give a shout of praise to God right now. Go for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> all right, let's do it again. That was good. One more time. Shout to the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. All right. Another way that we can praise the Lord is we can actually lift our hands to him. Psalm 28, 2 says, Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands towards your most holy place. One of my favorite things is when uh, Luke walks up to me with his hands up. Man, oh, that's a good moment. I'm like, he says, Daddy. And I'm like, oh, man, absolutely, you know. Yeah, I would love to pick you up, man. Love, love, love to pick you up. Um, can't wait for Ariella to start doing that. Hmm. Uh, Psalm 47.1 says, clap your hands, all your nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. You guys got it. You guys shouted and clapped at the same time. You guys rocked it out. So we're going to do that again. So let's, let's clap our hands and shout to the Lord right now. Go for it. Clap your hands. Shout to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can actually play musical instruments for the Lord. And once again, this is not like, this is something the Lord tells us to do. He tells us to play musical instruments. This is not like, 
like, uh, it's not an option or a personality thing, you know? So I want to challenge you a little bit in that because I can, I can sort of already tell, you know, there are some people in the room who are like, this is like easy breezy, beautiful cover girl thing kind of thing. This is nothing, you know? And then like there, you know, it's depending on where you're at, you're like, I'm just not a person that does that. I'm not a person that does that. But Psalm 150, three through six says, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and the lyre, praise him with tambourine and dancing, Praise him with the strings and the flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I get it that not everyone can play harp or lyre or trumpet. That is way complex. But I'm, I, am, I would guess if you can move your arms, you can play the cymbals. Because everyone, if you can clap your hands, that's kind of like playing the cymbals. So everyone can't actually play a musical instrument. There's a difference in the psalms between clapping your hands and actually taking cymbals and playing them. Or the tambourine. Man, I grew up in Assemblies of God Church, you know. Oh, man, my mother. <laughs> she, woo, you know, play that tambourine. She go crazy. So, uh, man, you can play the tambourine. You just shake your wrist, you know. Can everyone go like this? Everyone go like this? There we go. You can now play a musical instrument. There you go. All you got to do is grab a tambourine and shake it. Grab a tambourine and shake it. Here's the thing. If... And, and here's, a, here's where I want to push us a little bit. I want to push us this evening. If you're, if, you're always, if you're always basing your praise on your personality or emotion, your relationship with God will be dependent on the fickle, moving emotions and changes of your heart rather than a biblically, biblically sound, mind-renewed understanding of who God has made you to be. Does everyone understand that? I'll say that again. That was, that was good. Um, if you always base your, your praise... And the way that you express yourself to the Lord, and, and based on your personality or your emotions, it will always be based on the fickle and, and, and moving nature and the up and down waves of, of your mind and your heart, rather than the biblically renewed mind that the Lord calls us to. So keep rolling with me here if it gets out of your comfort zone. We can prostrate ourselves before the Lord. Elijah on Mount Carmel then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, boom, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. <laughs> these, are, these are pagan people. These are people who don't know Jesus. Boom, they're falling on their faces. When Abram was 99 years old, Genesis 17, 1 through 4, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. He fell face down. Now, in contrast to that, we can, we can actually stand. Psalm 119, 120 says, I stand in awe of your law. Second Chronicles 2019, Jehoshaphat is a high priest. He bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped the Lord. The presence of the Lord shows up. Once again, boom, everyone's down. But then some of the Levites from the Kohalite tribe and the Korahite tribe, they stand up and they praise the Lord, the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So sometimes the Lord moves, and it's just like, man, I'm down on my face. Those are good moments. Sometimes the Lord moves and you choose to go down on your face. You're like, I'm going to choose to do this. And then sometimes the Lord moves and you choose to stand up. Or the Lord moves and you're standing up. So let's practice that one. All right, let's do it. Everyone, uh, lay down on the ground. 
Um, if you can, go for it. Try it out. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hmm. All right, everyone give a shout of praise to the Lord while you're on the ground. <laughs> hallelujah. Hmm. All right, you guys get up. Yeah. So Psalm 95.6 says that we can kneel before the Lord. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And Psalm 154 says that we can praise God with tambourine and dancing. Psalm 30.11 says, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. You turn my wailing and dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. Man, the Lord invites us to dance. He invites us to dance. It's a, it's a pivotal thing. Now, I, man, I tell you what, in 2011, the Lord was doing a bunch of work in my life, and I was scared half to death to dance before the Lord. Scared to death, struggled deeply with fear of man, and struggled deeply with like, man, you know what? Um, and, uh, and I just wrestled with that a lot. Um, and the Lord just, man, he just, he told me, he asked me over and over and over again, will you dance for me? Will you dance for me? Will you dance for me? I, I heard him say that over and over. Will you dance for me? Will you dance for me? And uh, I kept putting it off. I kept putting it off. Kept putting it off. Kept putting it off. And then uh, 2012, 2013, something happened. I don't know what it was. I wish I had a, you know, I don't have a formula for you with the Lord. But something happened, and all of a sudden, I, like, it just all went away. And I was able to dance for the Lord. And, I, and it might have just been me. You know, it might have just been this practice of dancing before the Lord. We, you know, before I danced the Lord, before the Lord in public, I danced before the Lord in my quiet time with him, you know? I spent time doing that with him because I was like, you know what, let's just do that. You know, let's, that's kind of like a baby step for me, you know? And, and that's the thing about, like, dancing in real life with anyone. You know, it, it's a little bit like, it takes a little bit of practice, you know? It can take a little bit of like, oh, this is new, or... Like, got to put my hand here, and what I do, and I remember in middle school, you know, I was so awkward, you know, just ridiculous, trying to learn, my mom, you know, I remember learning with her, trying to teach me how to dance, and, you know, it's just, dancing takes some time, you know, to figure out, um, and all of these, if they're new to you, you know, maybe standing up is new for you, or clapping is new for you, you know, or praising him and shouting is new for you, regardless of, of whether it's new or not, like, uh, I invite you to go for it, I invite you to step into the new ways to communicate praise to the Lord and to worship him because in doing so he wants you to experience more of him and there's something very different about sitting in a in a worship service or sitting in a quiet time and receiving from and just soaking and laying back with your body which is I'm not downing that that's very appropriate and as a as a parent of a four-month-old and a three-month-old or three-year-old that's kind of what I do basically um, and I usually fall asleep, you know, um, and so it's a weird season, but, but there's something that's unique that happens, I've noticed in me, when I come into this sanctuary, and when, even though I'm tired, I choose to dance before the Lord back there, or I, or I choose to shout, even when I feel 
like frustration in my heart about life or I feel anger or I feel depression or I feel whatever it is, I choose to do that because in doing that, it is, it is making my body and my emotions submit to the truth of who God is. Because I want my body and my emotions and my mind to submit, God, who are you? What are you doing? You know, it doesn't matter. What are you doing, the Lord? My, my son has taught me that really well. My son has revealed to me how dependent I was on the laying back, sort of soaking experience with the Lord. Because all of a sudden, now that I have a, a two-and-a-half-year-old, almost three, and a four-month-old, I don't, have a, I don't really have a lot of time to, like, lay back with the Lord. Like I said, I did that. It's not very much time. And so I've, I'm like, either, either I, like, totally don't have kids anymore, which is not an option, or I need to learn to praise him in a different way, in a way that's not just this way of sitting back and receiving from him, but actively stepping in and engaging in a new way with the Lord. And my son has taught me that so much because when he praises Jesus at the house, he just does his thing. And he's just like, wow, Jesus, and blah, blah. And, you know, that's my favorite thing. You know, we tell him that when he goes to bed, you know, or if he's having a hard time or having some, go, just go in your room, talk to Jesus, you know, and he'll sit there, Jesus, yeah, Jesus, Jesus. He just says Jesus over and over again. You know, it's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. And so um, I would encourage you um, we're gonna, we're gonna, the worship team can come up. We're gonna, um, we're gonna step into a time of response. So we've been responding already, and uh, we're gonna uh, step in a time of response. And so, of all of these things uh, that I uh, ways to praise the Lord that I described, I want to ask you which one feels the most uncomfortable for you. Which one feels the most uncomfortable? And I want to challenge you to do that. Will you do that tonight? Will you do that? Will you, will you step out of your comfort zone and praise the Lord and see what he does? See what happens. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you invite us to praise you in a variety of ways. And that it is praise that shifts spiritual atmospheres, Lord. It's praise that, that transforms uh, the spiritual um, content of what's going on, Lord. I thank you that praise renews our mind to who you are, Lord, and it submits our body and our will to who you are, God. Lord, I ask that uh, you would just, uh, you would meet with us in a new way this evening, and as we respond to who you are, Lord, um, we ask, God, that uh, you would um, help us take steps, Lord. And also at the same time, if tonight isn't a night where you're like, man, I can't do the most uncomfortable thing, don't step into shame and don't beat yourself up. When you're alone with him, just go do that thing. You know, go, go try something new. But maybe it's not here, maybe it's alone with him, maybe it's this week. Connect with the Lord in a new way. Praise him in a new, new way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.